It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It's the episode I know you've all been waiting for. It's time to talk about the two best shooters in the NBA draft with a little bit more detail. It's time to chat, chat about Grady Dick and Jordan Hawkins, why I like them both and why I think the the, the one guy is, is better than the other, perhaps. We'll get to that coming up here on today's Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is May 31st, the final day of May. Wow. 2023. My name is Philip Ross, I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we know shooting is the biggest need for the Orlando Magic, so let's talk about the two best shooters in the NBA draft. We'll go over in a little bit more detail about Grady Dick and Jordan Hawkins and why I think one prospect might be better than the other. It's not the one that you're thinking. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's right when we upload, whether it's first thing in the morning. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today. To get started, we have talked about it ad nauseum. Every single thing that I have said about the draft, every single thing I've said about this Magic team's offseason has been about shooting. Um, they're, they're, I had a good conversation with someone online the other day um, about shooting and, and saying, like, I, I'm not sure why the Magic need to focus so much on shooting. They have guys that will get better at shooting and, 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 and the offense will develop. And this is a low-volume three-point shooting team anyway. And I said, you know, your point is well taken. And, and I think the Magic honestly did about as well as they could considering their shooting shortcomings this season. They understood they are not a shooting team. So they didn't take a lot of threes. The Denver Nuggets don't take a lot of threes, believe it or not. However, if you're going to be successful in this league and take a low-volume of three-pointers – you got to be able to make them. And I do think that the math, in a lot of ways, and, this, and then on top of this, the Magic gave up a lot of threes, so that created a lot of variance. Even if they defended the three-point line well by percentage, they're still giving up more three-pointers because other teams are taking more attempts. And so much of the season was a battle between the Magic being able to get enough free throws to make up for their three-point difference and hoping that teams don't miss enough threes. Like it, it was a real battle. The math really worked against the Magic in a lot of ways. So we all, I think, agree that the Magic need to shoot better three-pointers. They need to make more three-pointers. 
they also probably need to take more three-pointers. And so we all understand the way to free up space for Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner and Marco Fultz to drive to the basket. That's three of your five starters, by the way, is to get better at three-point shooting. And so, yes, internal development is going to be key. If Jalen Suggs can get his three-point percentage up to 35%, maybe that's a big if. I don't think it's that far-fetched. I think he can do it. Um, if Paolo Bencaro can become a more reliable three-point shooter, if Franz Wagner continues to be a solid three-point threat, if Markel Fultz can at least be a nominal three-point shooter that teams can't leave alone all the time like they do now, there's a lot of things this team still has to develop. And again, so much of this upcoming season is about proving what they can do and proving whether they could take that next leap, take that next step. Um, so much of it is about that part of the equation. And we do owe them the opportunity to prove it. We're going to learn a lot about this team over the next year. And especially if this team makes the postseason, how teams defend. But when we get to this draft specifically, shooting is the big need. I will say this every time I talk about the draft from here until the end of time. Or until at least June 20, 22nd. Um, I'll say this on draft night. The Magic need to come away with the shooter. Plain and simple. The Magic need to have a shooter in place by the time the by the time draft night is over. I don't care if it's by trade. I don't care if they take a player. And so there's two players that have already come into extreme focus um, as we get ready for the draft. And, and two, two players that Magic fans certainly have their eyes on and certainly are thinking about really, really hard uh, in this draft. And that's Kansas guard Grady Dick and UConn guard Jordan Hawkins. So let's start with Grady Dick, because Grady Dick is the guy that uh, that obviously has the name recognition. That was a joke, um, but also not a joke. Um, but he has he has the name he has the name recognition, and he's why just frankly he is widely considered to be the best shooter in this draft. Dick shot forty point three percent from three in his only season at Kansas. Uh, he was a, a great scorer, shot 56.8% on fast break triples, 44 uh, of his 44 attempts. He was 7 of 11 off the dribble, 18 of 33 on catch and shoot three-pointers. He's got good size at six foot eight, so he's a big dude, um, you know, at least for your traditional kind of shooting guard. Um, he is a guy that he is put on the court to shoot. And a lot of people will tell you that He's really a smart basketball player. He's very much in, I would compare him to late 2000s J.J. Reddick. You're not expecting him to do much more than shoot. He's going to get the ball. He's going to shoot it. He could dribble a little bit. He's going to make smart decisions. Defensively, teams are going to attack him. Um, you know, he's not the strongest individual defender, but he understands a team concept. And so he's going to be in help side. He's, gonna, he's not going to compromise you defensively. And he already feels and seems like a veteran. It feels like Grady Dick's going to come in this league and he's going to be able to shoot. He's going to be able to help a team spread the floor out immediately. That defenses are going to respect his shot immediately. And again, that's kind of what you want to see. Um, that's kind of what you want. Um, a lot of people are saying, don't take Grady Dick at six. That's a little too high. I, I'll agree on a talent perspective because I do think one of the issues with Grady Dick is that this is kind of who he is. His role in an NBA team is going to be very limited. And there's not going to be a lot of expansion, but there's a high rate you're going to hit on him. 
it's hard for me to believe he's an 80% free throw shooter. He's a great three-point shooter. He's got NBA range. He shoot, he can shoot a little bit off the move. He's a great standstill shooter. To me, that skill is so good. It, it makes everything else okay. Now, is he going to develop into a star? No, I, I don't see star potential in him. Um, but you need guys that are three-point shooting specialists. Those are so hard to find. And if you can get one that's that good out of the box, that's certainly a positive thing. That's not something you should ignore. Obviously, you shouldn't ignore it if you're a team like the Magic that so desperately needs shooting, that so desperately needs guys that can hit from the outside and just put the ball in the darn basket. Like, it's it's that simple sometimes. And again, it, it, to me, I've said this a million times to a lot of people, how well you shoot isn't necessarily important. Like, Gary Harris, great three-point shooter. I think Jalen Suggs is capable, you know, it, it, you know, you look at all the percentages, how well you shoot isn't necessarily as important as your perception as a shooter. Teams are happy to let Franz Wagner shoot from three. Teams are happy when Paolo Bancaro shoots from three. Teams are happy when Markel Fultz shoots from three. They will ignore him. They will ignore Jalen Suggs on the perimeter. Wendell Carter is a great three-point shooter for a center at like 33-34%. Teams don't care if he's shooting threes. That's a win for the defense if he's shooting threes. And he's got to take a few to stay on, to keep him honest. But if you, the games where he struggled are when he settled for three-pointers. These guys could all be great three-point shooters. And, and as they get better, defenses will change how they guard them. But it's about your perception as a three-point shooter. It's about how defenses perceive you. Everything is about how defense is perceived. It doesn't matter one bit what you're capable of doing. You've got to prove it to the rest of the league, but you've got to be able to you, you've got to be able to kind of hold your own or or take advantage if defenses don't think you can shoot. If defenses think you can't shoot, well, you might not get the best shots. That Terrence Ross was a guy that shot 32, 33% from three, but everybody respected his three-point shot everybody feared his three-point shot. That's the kind of gravity that I think Grady Dick can bring. That's kind of what he brings. That is what he brings to the table. And again, if you're looking for a player that's going to come right out of the box, you're going to put him in the team, you're going to put him on the floor, he's got that definable NBA skill. There's no developing it. There's no changing it. There's no shaping it. He's going to have to improve defensively. I think his. I think he doesn't have much of an attack off the dribble, but he's got a definable NBA skill. And that's a lot more than you can say about a lot of players in this draft for sure. And certainly around where the Magic are picking. Now, should the Magic spend the number six pick on him in the draft? Personally, I believe if he's the guy, if he's the best player on the Magic's board, it doesn't matter where you draft him. You take your player, um, even if it's a, even if it's a quote-unquote reach. If there's no trade down, you make sure you get your guy. I'm not sure Grady Dick is 100% the Magic's guy. He's got a short wingspan. Uh, can't have a draft podcast without talking about wingspan. He's got a short wingspan, um, but he tries hard defensively. You know, he'll be attacked a little bit one-on-one, -on -one, but he's going to play smart and I think fit in with uh, with whatever team. I think Grady Dick's going to have a great rookie year, and I think it's going to set up a really strong career for him as well. We'll talk a little bit about Jordan Hawkins and why he's also a great shooter and what's different about him and Dick coming up here in just a moment. But first, everything will load. It's time for a quick word from our friends over at 
at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel is the place to go if if you're in a state that allows it to wager on sports and get involved in the game. They're safe and secure app. They have great promotions every day and you could get paid instantly. There's no better place to play bets all playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and LockedOn NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We talked a lot about Grady Dick, and, and, and obviously a lot of Magic fans have their eyes on him. He's widely considered to be the best shooter in this draft. And, you know, we talked a little bit earlier in the week about what the Magic should do at number six and thinking about, you know, do you do you draft a player for their potential or their fit? What what kind of stage are the Magic are at? And they're really in this in-between stage. And so if six is going to be your reach, you know, your guy that you have high high hopes for, high potential for, maybe 11 needs to be a little bit of the safer option. And, you know, I've seen some Magic fans say, oh, what about Derek Lively? He looks like he could shoot as a backup center. And I'm not against Derek Lively. Um, you know, what about Kobe Bufkin from Michigan? Um, there are definitely a lot of options. But honestly, I, I know I said this in my in my five prospects to watch at number 11 podcast. Jordan Hawkins is my guy. Um, you know, if, if Grady Dick is off the board before 11, or you don't take Grady Dick at six, which I, I, don't, I don't completely rule out. Um, stay tuned on that. Um, Jordan Hawkins is my guy. I, I, if I'm the magic and, and we'll talk, I'll talk a little bit about this in a bit. Um, I don't think I let Jordan Hawkins get by me, um, to be perfectly honest, uh, that I, I, I really, really, really love watching this kid play. Um, his highlights look really, really impressive. And he just does a lot of the things that NBA players do where Grady Dick feels like he has a very limited role, but is ready to go out of the box. I think Hawkins shot might take a little bit of time to develop, but he's got NBA range and he already plays an NBA style game. And I love that his game can expand a little bit. Um, You know, I'm not afraid. We'll talk, I'll talk a little bit about comparing the, the two a little bit more, but when you get with Jordan Hawkins as a guy who can shoot off, shoot on the move, guy who can attack the basket a little bit, especially in straight line drives. Um, a guy who has great potential and athleticism, but still has, a, but his game right now, is a little bit rough around the edges. He's, he's not going to come ready-made, um, but you can't ignore what he did. Certainly having that ring on his finger uh, from winning the national championship makes him look a little bit better. The fact that he played so well during that championship run is even more impressive. He scored 16 points on five for nine shooting, making three for five from deep in the national championship game against San Diego State. 
He was in double figures in every NCAA tournament game and even scored 24 points on 6-for-13 shooting and 3-for-4 from deep against Arkansas, who has Anthony Black, one of the best defenders in this draft class. I don't know if Anthony Black guarded him directly, but still, that context matters. He showed up in big games. And so it's no surprise that he's jumped up in, in this draft order to be in this position where the Magic could take him at 11. This is a junior who is who or this is a sophomore, I believe, who is slow, who, who got significantly better after his freshman year. So we saw that improvement that we wanted to see. Gray averaged 16.2 points per game with shooting splits of 40.9% from the floor, a lot of three-pointers, 38.8% from deep, and 88.7% from the line. He shot 7.6 three-point attempts per game, and 63.1% of his total field goal attempts were from deep during his sophomore year last year. If you've been listening to my pod, uh, recapping the season, thinking about what the team's needs are. I am a big believer the Magic need a volume three-point shooter. Um, you know, again, I I think I always thought this year that 30 was about the right number of three-pointers. If the Magic were taking more than 35 three-pointers, that usually means the offense isn't working, that they're settling for threes. They're not working to get good threes. But you look around the league, the best teams have guys who take four, five, six, seven three-pointers per game. Um, and, and I don't know if that's who the Magic are, and I don't know if that's who Jordan Hawkins would be in the NBA, but the Magic need a guy who is not afraid to shoot a lot of threes. That, you know, maybe shoots 36, you know, that's who that's who Terrence Ross was. That's what Terrence Ross was in 2019. And obviously 2020, 2021, 2022, um, to some extent 2023, he shot really well in 2023. Um, that started to tail off, but the threat of him going off for five for seven or five for eight three-point game was enough to really scare teams. And that's an element that the Magic were missing this year. As Terrence Ross fell out of the rotation, they just didn't have a guy that took a lot of threes. Um, and, you know, you don't want Franz Wagner taking five, six threes a game. You want him at two or three. You want Paolo Bancaro probably at two or three. You need three-point specials. And again, that's what a Grady Dick would bring. Dick was not that much of a volume three-point shooter. He took like five per game at Kansas. Jordan Hawkins... Had plays set up for him to take threes. He he comes around picks. Uh, UConn ran a very NBA-style offense with him running around, with him taking pin downs, hammer screens. Um, he he ran an NBA-style offense. And so it does feel like he would fit in well with whatever the enemy is doing. He does really well repositioning himself. He does really well on catch and shoots. He does really well shooting on the move. There's just a lot to like about Jordan Hawkins' game that, again, Fits an NBA style. The question with him is whether his defense catches up, whether the rest of his game sort of catches up to, to who he is. Um, he, Hawkins, three, you know, I, I can't really describe why Hawkins isn't as highly rated as Dick, honestly, when I watch the tape. Um, I think Dick's size. Sorry, Grady Dick size. That's people warn me about this. Grady Dick size um, at six foot eight certainly stands out. And while he isn't necessarily long and certainly doesn't have maybe the defensive capabilities, that size is 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 important. Um, like it it it, it 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 does differentiate the two. Hawkins is only six foot six. He does have a plus wingspan, but nothing spectacular. He is not as engaged defensively, or or just. Not as aware defensively. Like it, 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 he gets there. I think he can grow into a good defender, but 
right now, again, out of the box, it's going to take some time. He's going to make rookie mistakes. He's going to act like a rookie. Where Grady Dick, yeah, he's going to make rookie mistakes too. But Grady Dick seems like he has an understanding of where to be defensively. So for the Magic, either of these players works. But I'm going to tell you why I think Jordan Hawkins is the better player and why I think Jordan Hawkins is the better option for the Magic. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, you know, I... I don't want to make this uh, this or that because honestly, who knows what's going to happen on draft night. There may not be a decision between Dick or Hawkins. You may just have to take whichever one is available at 11. But honestly, if I had to pick, you know, if I'm going to redo my big board and I'll probably redo my big board uh, in, in, a, in a week or so, um, today's the today's withdrawal deadline. We'll see if, if any big names withdraw. It's not looking that way. Um, I honestly think and, and this might be a hot take. I honestly think Jordan Hawkins is the better NBA prospect. Um, you know, as far as potential for growth, as far as spending a high value asset on a player, to me, Hawkins checks a lot of boxes. Yeah, he's a little smaller, six foot six, but he's a willing defender. He's a capable defender. He's, he's certainly capable of growing. And to me, that's the thing. That's kind of the differentiator is the ability for growth, the ability to expand your game. It's not to say that you shouldn't value what Grady Dick is. You shouldn't value what he does. And and what he does is really important. And again, he's going to come out and he's going to be this great, he's going to be a solid player right from the get-go. Hawkins may take a little bit of time. Um, Hawkins probably going to go through the ups and downs uh, of a rookie. And not not that Grady Dick wouldn't either. But I feel very confident that Grady Dick's going to have a really strong rookie year, and he's going to help whatever team he plays for immediately. The question, though, is, and and I think this is really the big statement, and this is really the statement of intent uh, for this Magic team, is how much do you value versatility? How much do you value being able to kind of branch your game out? How important is it to be able to say, okay, you're good at specialty A, but can you grow specialty B? And you look at this Magic team, and you look at the way that this Magic team has built itself, they don't want players who are good at just one thing, even if that one thing is the most important thing. Now, if Grady Dick was an elite shooter, and I don't think he's an elite shooter, I think he's a very good shooter, that might change things. An elite skill might change things. But honestly, I think... Dick and Hawkins are fairly close in terms of in terms of their shooting abilities, in terms of what they will bring to an NBA floor. Dick might fit more the role of a JJ Redick type, but Hawkins could be like a taller Gary Trent or a taller Norman Powell or or like a 
more shooting focused Norman Powell. At the end of the day, you got to be able to cover yourself when guys get hurt. Because guys are going to get hurt. You got to be able to say in a playoff series, they're going to give you the opening. Are you going to take it? The Miami Heat and Denver Nuggets this year are so instructive about team building and about what really matters or what's important to get you to a championship level. You need to have players who can expand their game. If a player is in just one box, even if he is very good at that one box, they're going to struggle in the playoffs, especially the deeper you get. You need to be able to make threes and drive, make threes and defend. And look, I think Grady Dick will be a great player. I will not be upset if the Magic Magic draft him. I'll be very happy if the Magic draft him. So this is not a, this is, this is, I'm directly comparing the two for a point. Not, not to say that one over the other, I mean, I'm saying one over the other, but not to say that you should ignore one for the other. They're both very, very good and worth talking about and worth discussing and worth debating. But to me, Jordan Hawkins' potential for expansion, the potential for Hawkins not just to be a great three-point shooter, but to be a guy who can attack the basket. Yes, his handle isn't great. Um, he isn't very shifty. He hasn't got to change directions. He's a line drive guy right now. Um, you look at his numbers. He tends to overcomplicate finishes. He's he's going to be a shooter too, guy. He's going to be a shooter too, and he's going to be uh, rely very heavily on his three point shot. But you watch him and you see the hints of a guy who can be a little bit more. Who can't hold his own defensively one on one. That it's not going to be a guy that teams necessarily attack defensively. And at the end of the day, the draft isn't about what you're drafting for today. As good as Grady Dick's going to be as a rookie and throughout his career, it's not about what you draft today. It's about what you're drafting five years from now. It's about what you're developing over the course of the next five, six, seven, maybe even eight years if the extension goes through. And again, that's kind of the point. That's kind of the big debate that the Magic are having. We talked about it earlier in the week. Do you draft a guy based on the immediate need you have for your team? Or do you have the time, do you have the space to take someone with a little bit more upside and develop them and grow them? At 11, certainly earlier in the draft at 6, the push to add potential is greater. At 11... At 11, you might be saying to yourself, okay, I'm willing. I'm willing to to take a look at this and say, let me get something that helps me now. And when it comes to picking between Grady Dick or Jordan Hawkins, I ask, well, why not both? And that's why I'm starting to lean more toward Jordan Hawkins. Again, not that I don't, don't dislike Grady Dick. If the Magic take Grady Dick, we should celebrate. He's going to be a great player. He's going to help. He's going to help a lot. He can help a lot of teams win pretty quickly. But that's the central debate that this team has right now over what they do with this draft and really what kind of team they're looking to build next season. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Apologies for bringing this, getting this out a little bit late on a Wednesday. 
Um, you can, of course, find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in. Himway, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the football based on podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. We appreciate you, appreciate you all for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. If you're part of my everyday crew that listens every single day, whether we're posting at 7 a.m. or at noon or whenever, on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to do our NBA Finals preview. Orlando Magic storylines to watch in the NBA Finals, from players to keep an eye on, to former heroes that we love to see get a ring, to we don't like the Miami Heat. We, we do not like the Miami Heat. We do not like the Miami Heat. And even some team-building philosophy that points to what the Magic are trying to do as well. We'll get to all the NBA final storylines, plus I will officially go on record with my prediction on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossmanike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.